Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. Heather, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm, we're recording in a different way, and I'm remembering to write down the time because I forgot to do that when we recorded last time. I know listeners like a peek behind the, the curtain of podcast. Oh, yes. Gotta make behind sure, the scenes. Got to make sure we keep the episodes to the right length. So uh, what are we talking about today? Well, we should talk really fast, right? We've <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of stuff to get in. Uh, keep a, a mention of time. Well, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, the the name of my first book, It's Okay Not to Share, and gets into a whole bunch of scenarios of sharing and, and uh, children taking long turns and so on. But I've, ha- I've heard from several people who wonder about, um, this works great at home. And then what happens when you take it out into that big, wide world, often known as the playground or the children's museum or something like that? And I think this is, is really worth getting into. Um, in fact, it's so important um, that I have in the back of every chapter um, a section about how, how it works when you're interacting with the, right world, with the wide world. Um, it's called Out and About. <laughs> Because the truth of the matter is, no matter how you parent, um, there will always be other people parenting other ways. And our uh, comfy patterns at home or within our own programs um, don't always mesh with the rest of the world. And that's really important to acknowledge um, and figure out how, well, how do you fit this in? How can you be the renegade and also um, and do what you think is right for your own? family in your own program, but also interact with the rest of the world. Yeah, at home you can create this this almost optimal laboratory-like environment for <laughs> implementing things, and, and you throw a whole lot more variables into all the different scenarios when you, when you walk out the door. I've, I've, been, I've been finding the same thing just with the way I eat. At home, I, I can train myself to eat really <laughs> well. But when I'm out on the road, there's restaurants and there's new things. And, and, and so it, it gets a lot more challenging when you walk out the door. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you don't use a fork and a spoon when you're home. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't going to say that. But yeah, that's probably true sometimes, too. Well, I mean, there, there are different ways, more relaxed ways sometimes. Sometimes it's the opposite. People can do things. But about sharing, um, someone yeah. was telling me about their child and how um, she loves doing the um, you can um, it's okay not to share method the idea of letting a child stay with a toy or whatever she's playing with until she's done and having those long turns that respects children's play and helps them set boundaries and um, learn generosity on their own terms and so many so many good things that we learn from this um, child directed turn taking Um, But then when you go out into the playground, she found that it's not so much about um, 
taking turns with the, the swings or the slides or the things that are on the playground, but that a lot of kids bring objects from home. Yeah. So, you know, there's a toy that somebody brings, or there's a ball, or there's a, there's a, some object that, that her child brings and that other kids bring. And then what are the sharing rules when you have this, this playground atmosphere? Um, and she was finding that her own child's getting penalized doubly <laughs> because <laughs> as soon as, as soon as he puts down his own toy from home, then, well, <laughs> according to the renegade rules, you know, it's fair game for anybody. Um, and then somebody else picks it up and then, um, and then they can have as long a turn as they want. So the precious toy that's brought from home, suddenly somebody else gets to monopolize. But then the opposite would happen if somebody else had a toy, um, you know, that it would never get to um, uh, be able to play with that one. And so there was just a lot of, hmm, what do we do here? Um, what and do I, we I do think, here? Oh, yeah, what do we do here? Well, I think for one thing, it's the same whether you're bringing a toy personal object you know property rights as far as adults are concerned and then there's property rights as far as kids are concerned and then so if you're bringing a toy into say preschool or you're bringing it somewhere out of your own home or you bring it to the playground um, I think kids have to know that if you're bringing something special from home and you're done with it tuck it away you know maybe you have a backpack or a bag or if you don't tuck it away, then it is sort of free game for anybody. So you have to you have to decide as the child. The child has to understand what the risks are and what risks she's willing to take in that moment, on that day, in that emotional state. Because I remember bringing in maybe a favorite stuffed toy to preschool when I was little, and sometimes it was precious. And I was told, go put it in your cubby. If you don't want other people to play with it, if you think yeah. they won't understand how precious this is to you, put it in your cubby when you're done. But if you leave it lying around, you know, that's a school toy all of a sudden. Anybody can play with it. So it's really, um, some of it's setting expectations of if this is very precious to you, you might consider leaving it at home or if you just drop it the way kids do when they're done with something, well then drop it in that handy backpack. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and I, kids at very early ages start differentiating between those very special only for me things and the things that they're cool with sharing with the community and, and just being able to, to help them develop these tools for how to handle those things when they're out and about is, uh, I mean, that's a good life. It's, it's a it's skill they're going to use for the rest of their lives, really. Yeah. And there's progression too of levels of generosity. I think we can't push this. Sometimes kids will feel like I can't share this with anybody. I need to stuff it in the bag, but other times they might want to hold on to it. Sometimes bringing an object to play can be a way of, of, um, initiating a game with another child you know so sometimes the object is important even if it's not a ball but just you know some toy from home sometimes having the toy in your hand can spark conversations and games and interactions between kids so sometimes you don't want to put it in the bag because it's your ticket uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> your ticket to social interaction <laughs> um and and so it's you know and maybe if a child uh, strikes up a game with another kid Sometimes there can be levels of trust building. The other child says, oh, I like your, you know, whatever it is, your Pikachu, your, your whatever. And then 
yes, sometimes they won't let the other child hold it, but they might let them look at it. But over time, maybe they'll let them hold it or they'll let them do things. So there can be gradual incremental trust building. And really, that's no different than what we do as adults. You know, we don't immediately hand over our stuff to somebody who says hello and expresses interest in us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it becomes that conversation starter. It reminds me of the lizard guy. Have you ever run into the lizard guy, Heather? Not that I know of. Okay, well, I mean, there's, it's, it's not like just one lizard guy, but there's like a lizard guy out there. We, I've seen him in, I've seen him in uh, Australia, and I've seen him in, in, uh, in Florida. There's like in public spaces, parks and the beach and everything, there's a guy that'll bring his pet lizard to the beach. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the ubiquitous lizard guy. Yeah. So that, you know, people will want to talk to him because he's got the lizard and take pictures. And, and, and so those, those things, whether it's your, your pookie baby, favorite baby doll or your blanket or whatever, they can become those, those conversation starters like the lizard guy has when you're out and about. Yeah. Like the cute puppy trick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> some people go for the lizard. Some people go for the puppies. Um, but so, so there can be, it can be, uh, an entree into social interaction and, but, but the terms need to be set by the child and, and, and for the child to know that if they drop it in a public space, you know, all bets are off because it's a public space. Um, but then there's the flip side of it because a lot of kids who bring a toy to a playground, for example, feel very strong sense of property rights that this is mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so if if um, they allow your child to look at it, well, your child could be so schooled in it. You know, I can have a long turn, but the other kid says, it's mine. I want it back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to give it up because the rule of the greater culture is that's that kids, you have to give it up if they want it. So, but I, I don't think it's really that confusing for kids. I think it turns adults in knots. It twists us up because we're trying to be consistent. We're trying to give our world this one way of doing things so that everything's fine. But really, the gift we need to give our kids is a stable, consistent, as much as we can, base in our home zone. But when we're out, just to say it's different when we're at the park. And then say how it's, you know, we take short turns at the park. Or if somebody brings something to the park, they get to have it back when they want it. So it's okay to announce that the rules are different because, frankly, they are different. Yeah. <laughs> and the sooner kids can roll with that and be flexible with that, the better. And they'll figure it out. So I think we need to um, just acknowledge it, um, make statements about what's what's going on, and um and prep our child if we need to give them some expectations about what might be different. But then don't worry. They're not, they're, they're going to be fine. They'll accept your way of doing things at home and be able to cope with a variety of, of different families, um, parenting methods and a variety of kids, different interaction methods. Yeah, I think, when I think about. We, we sometimes forget how resilient children are when we allow them to be resilient they i mean those conflicts will happen and and things will be different on the playground than they are at home and and most kids most of the time are pretty good at rolling with it if they've got some experience with with that and and like you say sometimes it's the uh, the adults who get more worked out and stressed out about these kind of uh little conflicts that that 
that pop up than, than the kids actually do. And the adults, sometimes it takes them longer to get over it than it does for the child as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they can agonize. So here is your permission slip to stop agonizing. Your child will be fine. The other kids will be fine. But I think the kids who are more um, having more opportunities at home or in their preschool program, daycare center, to experience a sense of control and ownership and experience that inner generosity that child directing turn-taking turn gives, those are the kids who will be able to to um, share and give up and go with the other rules more easily because they have a chance. They know, they're not so worried about it. They know that at home they'll get long turns. They know that at school they'll get long turns. So right now, this moment, it's not so important. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing wrong with learning to be a little bit flexible in life, huh? Well, and it depends on the day whether that's possible. Well, yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so one day you might think, oh, it was a complete disaster. I'm, you know, I'm a terrible parent. This didn't work. She dissolved in tears. This isn't, oh, we're never going to go to the park again. But then <laughs> you go the next day and she's in a different mood and it all works beautifully. So, yeah. you know, don't despair. Tomorrow's another day. Your child is a different child the next day and um, she will get the hang of it. Any more on this one before we wrap it up? No, I just think that it's it's critically important that we um, uh, th that we do think about how how the world works when we're out and about because there are more and more thousands of people using these um, it's okay not to share methods, but still not a, a enough of a critical balance at most parks and playgrounds that it's going to work um, for everybody. So yeah, keep doing your thing, keep spreading the word. But then um, remember that you are kind of going countercultural, Heather um, would, against the flow. You're would, a renegade, and renegades have to sometimes, um, you know, bump up against walls and say, "Oh, okay, it doesn't work here," and that is absolutely fine. Would this work, Heather? See if this is a good idea. If if those renegade parents and renegade caregivers out there who uh, who who have embraced uh, the ideas, the renegade ideas, each one of them should probably go online and buy I don't know five, ten copies of the book that they can <laughs> to give out at the playground. <laughs> to give out at the playground, and uh, and 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 that way it's kind of kind of like spreading the good word. Um, I think would be would be a good idea. And I'm not saying they, that the book should be in every hotel room, but you know the hotels that have like the water parks built into them, the hotels you expect kids to show up at, might not be a bad idea. If you if you're out there and listen to the podcast and happen to own a chain of hotels, I bet Heather could get you uh, special pricing on copies of the books for uh, for for each of your rooms, huh, Heather? Oh, sure, sure. And um, actually, I love the thing that I love about playgrounds is when people wear the little button that says, I go up the slide. Because <laughs> it's a great conversation starter. <laughs> and, you know, parents are often hanging out or grandparents or whoever at the park watching their kids go up the slide. And if you have a little button on like that, and I have a bunch, I'm going to take them to all the conferences I go to. So, you can pick up your I go up the slide pin. It's a great conversation starter. It helps spread the word out there and get more people on the side of kids and child development and common sense and reduce all these uh, uh, playground encounters and get more just 
fun, good play going on. There you go, people. Hey, this has been Renegade Rules. If you need more Heather, go to heathershoemaker.com, right? Is that where we should send them? That's right. Yeah. And uh, if you, you want to you wanna check out me or more podcasts or anything, go to playvolutionhq.com. And we will be back soon with another episode. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for sharing the show. Thanks for uh, being a little bit of a renegade out there in the world. Back soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.